Welcome to season two of Winning with Beckwith. I am Matt Beckwith and I have been a top producing loan officer, a business owner of several different types of businesses. And my goal is to bring you some of the lessons I've learned over the years and honestly, that I'm still learning today through some of my experiences and the guests that we're gonna bring on. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome to this episode of Winning with Beckwith. Uh, first episode of season two. So we've been gone, taking a break for a while, but now we're back. And so we're excited uh, with our guest today. Uh, his name is Chet Mann. What's going on, Chet? Hey, Matt. Everything's great here. Yes. Chet is the producing area sales manager at CMG Financial in Sanford, North Carolina. The big right? city. The is big that the city. right title? That's the right title. Never want to mess up the title. So that's, <laughs> that's important. So Chet is, um, I would consider Chet a family man, uh, married, and how many kids? Two boys. Two yeah. boys. All right. And so I know at least one is through college. Are they both through college now? One's still in and one's out, Being trying to be a uh, rock star out there in Nashville, Tennessee. The other, <laughs> one, the other one's still in college. So you got one in college. That's why you have to work so hard. Well, um, I'm still at it. That's right. That's right. And so um, one thing that uh, I love talking about with Chet is he is a proud graduate of UNC Chapel Hill. And fun fact, Chet is um, the only person I'm hoping for another invite one day that's invited me to a, uh, <laughs> a Carolina basketball game. And so thank you for that. That was, that was quite the experience. Do you remember that? I do. We had a big win that game, too. Yeah, it was Louisville, I think. Um, yeah, Louisville. Yeah, it's been about five to six years. So that was when um, the uh, thing goes fun. Yeah, it, Rick Patino was there. That's right. Great seats. Uh, it was just a, a, a good experience. So well, get you um, back to Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for coming on. Um, I've actually known Chet for a while. We worked together, and I would consider Chet a, a good friend, even though we haven't talked as much as I'd like to over the years. But um, it's going to be good catching up today. So um, one thing I wanted to bring up. And we'll talk more about it here later in the podcast. But uh, Chet is the first mayor, or I should say former mayor, I've ever had on the show. And so Chet was the mayor of Sanford um, for eight years. Eight years? Yeah, about eight and a half, actually. But yes. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. I have a couple questions that about being the mayor um, that I'm excited to uh, talk to you about. But Sanford, where exactly is that North Carolina? So I know a lot of people... Um, on the podcast may not know exactly where that is. Yeah, it's in the geographic heart of North Carolina. It's about 35 miles, 40 miles south of Raleigh. So okay. right right between Raleigh and Pinehurst if you're a golfer. Okay. I'm yeah. terrible at golf. Uh, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> most, people, most people don't want to play golf with me because I bring their game down. I'll do so, the same you know. thing. <laughs> We're right outside the triangle area, if you know about Raleigh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know exactly where it is. I was actually there this past – I was in Raleigh this past weekend um, for a couple soccer games for my 15-year-old, yeah. and I saw a sign to Sanford. Yeah. It wasn't in Sanford. You were close. You were close. I saw, I saw a sign there. So, um, anyways, I wanted to bring Chet on because Chet's one of the top originators, uh, loan originators in the country. Doesn't know about Chet Man. <laughs> wow. There was a few things. That, uh, probably the thing that would surprise most people with a son that's in rock music, and uh, even though he's in Nashville, he's a rock guy, is I'm a big closet country music fan. Oh, wow. If, if you grew up knowing me, you'd be shocked to hear that. 
because everything in my house is Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, Pearl Jam. But in the last few years, I've become this big country music fan and people just are freaked out by it. Okay. Yeah. I would have never guessed. So, so any particular artist that you like, you, you like the most or a couple of them? Yeah. I think Sturgill Simpson is the best thing that's happened to music in a long time. Okay. And he's one of my favorite country guys in this Travis Childers. And, you know, some of these newer guys seem to be, you know, Jason Isbell is one of my favorites. So I don't know. I, I guess it's age or something, Matt. The country music is starting to appeal to me, but it's the new guys in country music I like the best. Hey, give me that name again. I've never heard of that. Um, Jason Isbell. Isbell. All right. I'm going to look it up. He's awesome. He'll make you cry. He writes some great songs. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I, I need to expand yeah. my uh, my music knowledge. But, yeah, definitely. definitely is, uh, is like the guy, man. He, he's changed country music. So you got to check him out, too. I'm going to check it out. My daughter, my oldest daughter is really into music. Um, of course, all my daughters are really into uh, Taylor Swift, so I don't have any comment on that. Yeah, they all are. <laughs> I'm actually, we're going to uh, one of the, her shows in Nashville, actually. Uh, they talked to talked me into going, so we're we're gonna go as a family. And uh, she's like a, an American phenomenon right now. Oh, for sure, it's it's crazy. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that goes. But um, anyway, so I wanted to get into your business. Um, you know, kind of want to set the stage for the viewers, for the listeners. Uh, so in 2022, uh, Chet and his team. It's important to say the team because we know we can't do it by ourselves. Um, right. Closed right at 100 million dollars in loans, and you know the most important thing is that is 390 loans and 390 families that Chet and his team were able to serve. And so I like to bring up the units um, and the number of loans because 390, um, do you know how many business days are in a year? <laughs> like 252 or something like something that. Something like that. Maybe I did the math last night when I was, you know, prepping for, for today's um, podcast. And I think it's something like that, 250, 260. Anyway, so that's almost a loan and a half, two loans. Probably if you take out holidays, it's almost two loans a day that Chet and his team um, is closing. And so um, you're going to bring a lot of expertise to the call. And, and, you know, for new loan officers or new people in, in any type of business, I think you'll get a lot, a lot from this. So um, it looks like you've been in the mortgage business for about 12 years, if I did my math right, based on your LinkedIn profile. Yep, about 12 years. Okay, so what what originally made you get into the mortgage business or what kind of led you here? Yeah, good question. Uh, I was in a family business, a totally unrelated industry. Uh, and we did I did that for the first 20 years of my career, I guess. And I went to college for finance, Matt, but you know, I felt the calling to go back to my family business. And so we sold that business and my father started to age. And, um, you know, I had an opportunity to get back into uh, being more one-on-one -on -one serving people. Yeah. And so I, really that's what I went to school at Carolina for. I wanted to go off and be an investment banker or something, okay. but I felt like I had some friends in mortgage and I felt like that might be something I'd be good at. And I felt like, you know, I was the guy who got in in 2009, probably the lowest point of the mortgage history. Yeah. All the competition was getting out. So I took a chance and came in when everybody was getting out and it paid off. First couple of years were rough. Oh yeah. I didn't know anything about mortgage except that I had one, but I didn't know how to sell. <laughs> I knew how to build relationships. So, uh, you know, and I've, it's been a good ride ever since. Yeah, definitely has. Um, you know, I, the funny thing is, is I actually started in the mortgage business um, about the same year. I, I should say I was in the mortgage business in 03, uh, but only 
doing refis, never did any purchases or anything like that. So I kind of had to start fresh uh, gotcha. in 2009. Yep. So yeah, it was good. Good to get in that. So if it was 2009, my math was wrong, by the way, it's probably more like 14 years. 13. No, I think it's like, or maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, 2009. That was, yeah, I guess wrong. my math was wrong. Mortgages, but not math. <laughs> yeah, I don't do any math. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, 12 years. Um, and so tell us a little bit about your team today. Because, I mean, I'm sure when you started out, you were probably just doing it by yourself. Um, and obviously to do 390 uh, loans in a year, you got to have a little bit of help. So, so how many people do you have right now? Yeah, um, seven, six, six team members plus me. Okay. So there's seven of us total. And yeah, they all have a piece of the pie uh, to make it happen. I've got some great talent. You know, I've got um, another loan officer on the team that, that helps me bring those units in. And we do a lot of units because we live in an area where prices are lower. Um, and we do a lot of different types of products. So we're, we're you know, we're loaning on a manufactured home. Uh, USDA loan or a conventional with 20% down all on the same day with the same realtor. Yeah, that was interesting because we talked yesterday and we were just catching up. And and that was the one thing that, that popped out because in the market you guys are in, um, you have to have a skill set that literally covers the gamut uh, from all types of loans. And um, do you think that from a team hiring perspective um, that you had to really make sure that your team understood that or... Let me back up a little bit. So when you hired your team members, were they uh, experienced in the mortgage business or were most of them people you needed to train up? Both. Um, a couple had lots of experience, more than I had. And then the rest have been, I found I've actually had more success, Matt, training up people. Yeah. People that just had great sales skills and good personalities and work ethic. And I found that uh, that's been a better way to grow and scale my business with a couple of people that you know had experience uh, and blend that together, it's worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah. You can teach it if you've got the heart to learn. You, you can teach it. It's just not something you walk into, as you know. Yeah, and I've talked a lot about that on other episodes, not specifically to the mortgage business, but it applies to it. Is is finding the right team members it can be such a challenge. Um, yes. And so, you know, if you if you were giving advice to like a loan officer that's building their team right now, um, and obviously. Um, as you build your team, different people, different types of personalities come into play. Um, but what do you think was like the key hire? You don't have to give me names, but what was the position? Was it like a sales type position, more on the ops side, like when it really changed your business? I think, well, there, there was two times. There was two kind of times. Yeah, I hired a person that's basically what we call a, a PA or a loan officer assistant okay. who was licensed but had lots of experience. I found a person that didn't like to make the sales call, but was very technically skilled yeah. and understood mortgage. And that, that was a big catalyst that allowed me to stay outside more and have that person inside more. And then the second big hire was uh, what some people call a junior loan officer. But I, you know, I got somebody that knew how to grind, who knew how to use the telephone, who really could take an account and run with it. And that's when our business really started to uh, you know, scale really big when we had two of me basically, and someone that knew how to move that loan through while we were out there developing business. Yeah. So I'm big, I'm big on the team build thing. I kind of watched you do it and, uh, you know, kind of model a lot of that with people that I saw like you doing it. Hey, um, I appreciate it. Yes. And it, and it made a lot of sense for me. I didn't want to be a sole proprietor. I didn't want to do nine loans a month. I wanted to do 30, 40 loans a month. Yeah. It's been amazing to watch your, your business grow. Cause obviously, 
Um, I didn't know you when you first started, um, you know, but I, I, you were doing quite a bit of volume when, when we talked a lot and um, when we worked together, but not not yeah. as much volume. So it's been exciting uh, to watch that that growth of your business. So um, on your team, not counting yourself, what would you say the split is between sales type personalities versus your more organized, I call them more operations um, people? It's, it's about, uh, you know, actually with our team, it's about 50-50. We have two types of salespeople that we have outside and more inside. Yeah. Yeah. I consider a phone person a sales call, but an outside person. There's two of us that really work the customer outside and two of us that have really good sales skills that are better inbound. Okay. We're working it. So that's kind of how we split it. Yeah. It's about 50-50, but kind of two different types. And I, I wasn't anybody that's that's listening and is a salesperson. I wasn't saying sales people aren't organized. <laughs> I just know I wasn't. You know, I had to learn to get organized. Uh, over, over. Well, we all have to play to our strengths, right? And hire those people that can you know, improve our weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, as you as you grew your business, you know, thinking back early, early in your career, um, maybe you had one person, maybe it was just you, maybe you had two people. Uh, what was kind of the, when did you know or how did you know you needed to, to hire somebody else? Like, like what was it that kind of that kind of told you that? It was the roller coaster. You know, you have a really good month, and you you, you build up. You do twenty loans, yeah, but you spent your whole month making pushing those loans through the closing, and so you didn't get out. You didn't get on the phone. You didn't continue to make sales calls. So the next month, you saw your production go down. Yeah, and then the next month, you went out and worked harder, and you brought those sales in. So you had this roller coaster effect, and after about a year of that. I realized that, um, you know, I had to let go and give up some money if I needed to in order to grow a team and also enjoy the quality of life. So I knew when that roller coaster, I knew I was good at it. I knew I could bring the loans in, but I couldn't sustain it by myself. Yeah. That's when I knew that I needed to start branching out. I needed to start adding to the team. Yeah. So so that's a really good point. And so um, anybody that, that is at that point in your business right now and you're listening, like that's how you know. When you're not, when you're stretched too thin, you're missing phone calls, you can't, you know, get the pre-approval of time if you're a loan originator. Um, and, you know, it starts to slip and, you, and you'll and you have that roller coaster. You'll have a good month and you'll, you'll have a bad month. And so, um, you know, that's that's what Chad was experiencing when he said, hey, I got to get some help. Um, also, you can get burned out. I don't know if you've ever um, experienced that, but I know I have. Have you ever hit, hit the wall too? There have been times, you know, yeah, especially earlier in my career where, you know, you just question yourself. Uh, <laughs> Why did I do this? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there's some, you can get in, you know, for lack of a better special loan hell. And, you know, I think we all go through that. Yeah. And, uh, but not so much now because I've got such a good team. We can pretty much pull anything out of the ditch and we know what to expect up front more than I did when I was a rookie. So you learn to anticipate problems. Yeah. You know? And uh, so it's better. But, yeah, there were times when I, I wasn't to the verge of burnout, but there were times where I was to the verge of stress out. Yeah. And that's not good. You know, that's not good to bring that home. No, no, no it can. <laughs> it can affect your family. And, you know, I've yeah. talked about that um, past episodes, too, where I had to get that work-life balance piece um, because building a team is good because it does help you scale. Um, mm -hmm. But it also allows you to get a little bit better. Uh, work-life balance, which I, which I think is good. Yeah. And, you know, most people, including myself, didn't want to give up maybe some of our commission to add these people. 
and you're, you're conflicted with that. But actually, you know, you can give up some of your money and actually make more mm. over time, but also be able to come home and spend a good night with your family and have your weekends. And you know, I, there was a perception that you had to work 50, 60 hours a week in this business to be successful, to be a Matt Beckwith. And it took me a while to figure it out that you didn't necessarily have to, if you, if you organize yourself well and put your team together correctly, you can have that balance. And that, that, that's, I think a big challenge for people in our industry, Matt, they, that work life balance could easily get out of whack, but there are ways to work through that. But sometimes you have to give it up and give up some of your autonomy and maybe even some of your income at first in order to have the best of both worlds. Yeah, There's no price on, on, on balance. You know, you can't really attach a dollar figure to that. And I, I do want to talk about that, um, you know, a little bit more um, because you mentioned um, that short term, you know, you were nervous about giving up some of your, your income. And I see that all the time, not just in our business, but really all businesses. It's a very um, a mindset of worried about how much money we're losing versus what potential we have um, in order to make money. And I tell people all the time, like when I first started as a loan officer, like on a percentage basis, on a per loan basis, I actually made way more than I make today. Um, you know, because I've had to, you know, scale up, add team members over the years, the total dollar amount on the W-2 at the end of the year is way more, uh, yep. but the per loan situation is is less. And I think people just forget that part. So I'm glad you, you brought that up. Well, you know, you can make X at 150 units a year, yeah. or you can make even more at 300 units a year, making less per unit. Yeah. So it just... But getting there can be difficult. And I think you need to find a coach or you know, have a financial advisor or something in your life that helps you see your pathway to that. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay. Maybe maybe if they listen to this podcast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Free and easy. They'll, they'll do it. Yeah. Um, you know, that's funny because I, I meet with people, other loan officers, other companies, you know, even companies here, um, you know, at our company and at my company and and I'm sure there's a case at, at your company too, is I've met with people and you start bringing up life, uh, work-life balance. And I've had people just break down in tears right in front of me. Yep. Many times. I mean, dozens of times over the years. And because of the, at, when you first get in, there is that mindset that you think, and you do at the beginning, there is some hard work. And, and I'm not discounting that. You do have to work hard. Absolutely. But you can do it in a way that's balanced. But I've, I've just sat in front of so many people that are just broken down in tears and, and they want that work-life balance. Um, they just don't know how to get there. And exactly. so everybody wants it, and, yep. you know, whether they want to admit it or not. So I, I'm glad to hear that that's a big part of your business, too. Um, so I want to talk about something remarkable that I noticed when I was doing my research about you. Oh, I mean, every year, but this is going to be, this actually blew my mind. So I was, um, I just mentioned your 2022 volume. Okay. Uh, okay. 390 units, you know, right at a hundred million, but I, I was just, um, scrolling your LinkedIn page and I happened to come across your 2021 volume. Okay. And it was roughly 89 million, right? A little bit less. You great year. Okay. But, 99.9% of every loan officer I know, other than you, their volume from 21, right, to 22 decreased. Yours increased. 
<laughs> I mean, I was blown away. Yeah. I, I hadn't seen that yet because, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I read a lot. I pay attention. If you look at the total mortgage market numbers, you know, that went from 21 to 22, obviously there just wasn't as many loans available. So everybody I know, justifiably so, lost business except for Chetman so far. Now, there might be some other ones, but you're the only one I've run into. Yeah, I would. I mean, we've still got 23 to go, but I think 23 is going to be a, a good year after we get out of the winter. But, yeah, that was um, – I've always been a purchase money guy, and so I've never been – big at the refi thing. I mean, we do lots of refis over there. I think we are really proud of about 96% of our business this year was purchased. Yeah. But we've worked really hard to uh, to connect with really top realtor teams. I guess over time, I've been in sales all my life. You, know, you do have to learn how to make the proper sales call. You need to learn how to overcome objections. And I think what most people struggle with, Matt, is they're so excited to tell somebody what they need them, what they want them to know that they forget to listen. And that realtor sometimes doesn't care about all your products and your rates. Everybody has them. They they really want you to listen to what their needs are. And I've gotten better at that. I also um, got into the new construction phase, and that helped us a lot. We still have building going on. And we live in central North Carolina where it is red hot. There's lots of new jobs being created. And so we have an inventory problem, but we yeah. do have a lot of new construction. So, you know, we focus try to focus on good teams and good people that can produce and then figure out what they need from from us in order to fill the gaps. And so we've been very blessed with that. We've actually had some luck too with um, co-branding on um, internet leads. You know, we've got some Zillow spins that have actually, we, we audition, basically interview a team, a realtor team, if they want us to do those, we want to know how they're going to, how they're going to manage those leads and you know, what they're going to do on their end to, to convert them. If they don't have an ISA, a caller or, or something like that set up, that they can be really responsive to those leads, we probably aren't going to say yes. But we've said yes to a few of those teams that it's really paid off. Yeah. But the, the other part is we uh, pretty big on the Todd Duncan coaching and you know, his circle of cash flow and that organic approach to how you connect people to uh, to people they need in their circle of cash flow has has been has actually worked. And so yeah. building those relationships and creating referrals. I think of that combination of everything is why we had a pretty good year. We just have, we're just blessed to have some really good realtor teams that know how to keep it coming in too. And yeah, and that's what we do. I mean, I think that's crazy and, and so good. So many things there we could, but we could dive into a lot there. One thing yeah. to bring up. So um, some people will hear what you just said, right? And they'll hear that he's in central North Carolina. It's a red hot market. And that's why you did good. But I want to say that it, it, Every everywhere has those pockets. The difference between Chet and his team and a lot of people that that didn't grow their business, including myself. So I'm not I'm not even pointing the finger at anybody and, and downplaying it. But the one thing you said that was key was you were getting out there and making sales calls. And then not only were you making sales calls, you were listening to what the what the real estate agents were looking for. And you hit the nail on the head. I've been on so many sales calls um, where the loan officer shows up and they just start throwing up yeah. information, what they think their partners um, want to hear. And right. it's really not the case because everybody's so much different. Every agent or every company, or every team kind of runs things a little bit different and you don't know what they're going to need. And exactly. you don't know um, how you can fit into their business. And so when you're meeting with agents and obviously you're doing this, the key is obviously 
to sit down with them and really customize an approach that makes sense for them and not just sit there and just throw up some new products um, and some new whatever the newest flavor of the week is. Uh, really listen to them and customize an approach. And that sounds exactly uh, like what you're doing. That's the key. And at my age, Matt, I've probably made more calls in 2022 than I made you know, in any year in the last 10 years I've been in the business. So, yeah, I think you still have to grind a little bit, especially when it slows down. And we're doing home buyer seminars, online meetings. You know, we're, we're, we're using every tool we can think of to stay in front of people. So I know a lot of our colleagues have just like gone into hibernation, waiting for rates to drop and all that. But if you do that, when it does heat back up this summer, you're not going to have those relationships. They're going to have forgotten you. They've lost you in their phone. So, you know, we're out there grinding as hard today as we've ever done it. And that's, that's what will get you through the year. Unfortunately, no business is easy, right? I don't know that if there is, I'd like to know what it is, but yeah, it takes hard work. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's the key. I mean, you, you, you work with some good partners, some good agents, obviously some builders on the new construction that yeah. really, I mean, honestly, I should say that's like you are the only one I know that increased their business. <laughs> <laughs> we had a handful. I mean, we have a pretty big company. We had a handful of people that did, but just a handful. Yeah, and I, actually, I was told if your business is not off fifty percent, you had a pretty good year. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've never heard that stat before, but that's that's a pretty phenomenal statement. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be satisfied being down fifty percent. I would have been okay down ten or fifteen, but. We were lucky this year. We were blessed. Yeah. Most people I know were down about 50%. So, um, yeah. you know, all the refunds went away. Yeah. That's just, that's just amazing. So, um, I mentioned that you were a mayor, so I wanted to touch on that. Um, and I mean, it's crazy. You basically had two jobs, right? Because I mean, Stanford's not New York city, but it's, it's not a small city either. Um, it's so, 35,000 people. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not not tiny right it's not like uh um i just drew a blank andy, <laughs> i was trying to think of andy griffin mayberry's um, not mayberry no. not <laughs> <laughs> <that show>, <laughs> yeah but um you know so you you definitely had you know the two jobs and balancing the family and stuff like that so clearly i know you had to have your work-life balance in there but i was curious though um what do you think like are the similarities between, you know, being a mayor and being a loan originator? I mean, how do those two relate? Well, good question. For me, it's a, it's about community. You know, I've always, I've come from a family that served and, you know, volunteered for everything or, or been involved in the community and I'm a big community guy. So, you know, our, our city was no different than anybody else's in 2008 and nine, it got hit pretty hard with the recession and, you know, the 2000, 12 things weren't so great everywhere especially in our town and so i decided to run for mayor with a couple other guys that wanted to run for council um but it's, it's that whole building a team setting some vision and some goals is very similar to how you know i look at the mortgage team um you know setting vision and some goals and assigning tasks and and then then you just have to become a good delegator I, i've become very good at city hall delegating you know, and we had for a town of our size, we're so close to trying. We had a two billion dollar tax base expansion. We brought in um, a ton of very lucrative life science companies while I was here, and uh, and really increased our tax base so that you know our city really came out and and kind of now we're one of the leading small towns in North Carolina. It was, it was really great. It became a full time job. So I just about you know I had to make a choice, and after two terms, it was time to let somebody else do it. So. 
but it's very similar in the sense that I think in the mortgage business, we're trying to serve people and I like serving families. And I, that's kind of how I looked at the mayor. I really never saw myself as a politician. I always called myself a community builder. And I really think the good people in the mortgage and real estate industry, they're community builders too. And I did learn a ton from my mayor's job. I was very involved with economic development and, and land planning and zoning. It really did help me in the mortgage business because it really changed how I approached a builder, for example. You know, I understand the process of how what it takes to get a piece of land developed and then you know get the sale. So that was very a benefit of being in public office. But you know, it's just that sense of community and, and giving back and serving, which are really that's really what I like about the mortgage business, Think, you know, putting that puzzle of a person's financial goals together and helping them close on a new home, helping them manage that big financial debt. It's kind of rewarding. You know, the best thing yeah. about our job is the closing table, you know, and everybody's happy, you know. And so I ran the city a little bit like that. I had a great staff there. I have a great team and staff at the company. Very similar. Just the biggest thing I learned to do was get out of people's way at City Hall and in the mortgage company. You know, these guys are smart. They're good at what they do. When you when a when a loan officer stops putting his thumb on every single part of the process, they grow. But if you're one of these people, there's nothing wrong with it. You want to micromanage every step of the process. You'll you'll have a good career. You can do ten or twelve loans a month and be successful and very make a good living for yourself. But if you take your thumb off that scale and let people do their job, you can grow infinitely. But you got to be able to give it. You got to be able to delegate and let people do their job and take a step back from that piece. And I thought uh, City Hall and the mortgage business were very similar in those aspects. So, yeah, that's enjoy. great. And, and you mentioned the service piece and service and clients. And so <clears throat> we're going to be wrapping up here soon, but I got a couple more questions for you. Sure. Um, getting some good information out there. Uh, appreciate it. So, um, you know, you talked about the service and so doing so many loans, right? And I know you have a team that helps you, but but how do you guys make sure that each customer just isn't a number, but they're actually feel like they're getting that, that service that you want them to get as a leader on the team? How do you make sure that happens? Yeah, a couple of ways. I mean, we, we put a lot of um, automated marketing in place for sure, but everybody we do business with, we still talk to and we still have a 15 minute or 20 minute interview about their long and short term financial goals. And we try to do that with every single client. And that gets us off to a great start. And that allows me to have 15 or 20 minutes with a client. And then I, sometimes I may not talk to them again. My team takes over, but if I need to jump back in, I can. But, you know, having that short interview can change the whole process from day one. That's so good. That's really good. Expectations. Yeah. So if you if you guys and your loan officer really in any business, like taking the time to do that interview and kind of making sure your goals align. That's a that's a really good point. So I got one more question. So for anyone that, that's thinking about being a loan officer and they happen to catch this episode um, or maybe they just started, what's the one piece of advice um, maybe that you haven't mentioned so far that, that you would give them as they start their journey? Be relationship oriented, make the calls, you know, get out there and talk to people and don't be afraid to use the phone, pick it up. That's good. Don't live by text. Don't live by emails. Pick up the phone, go see people. That's good. That's good advice. So, um, you know, for everybody tuning in, um, honestly, Chet, thank you. Um, I have thank to say, you. I'm not just saying this, this has been, you know, one of the best podcasts. Uh, we're probably going to get record views. <laughs> and, 
record listens. Um, it is available on all the podcasts, um, you know, mediums that can be out there on. Um, and so we'll get that information um, to your team, Chet. But uh, one thing, wanted to wrap up. Thank Chet for being here. Um, obviously, if you guys are listening, you like this, share it with your friends. Um, you know, post it on your Facebook, your Instagram, TikTok. You know, I don't have TikTok yet. I don't yeah. think Chet does. Maybe, maybe. I don't TikTok yet. <laughs> you know, but definitely share it. We just want to help people grow their businesses um, any way we can, whether it's through um, being a loan officer, real estate agent, electrician, doctor, plumber. It all it all kind of applies. All the business principles um, are the same. And so, anyways, Chet, thank you so much. Um, I can't thank you enough for being on here and uh, appreciate it. My pleasure, Matt. It's great to see you, man. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. We have many more episodes like this that I hope you guys will find just as valuable. In the meantime, go ahead and share this with all your friends. Like, comment, subscribe to our channels. We certainly appreciate it. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Oh,